Welcome back to the Empowered Life Podcast. Today, I have the privilege of interviewing Miracle Messages. Before I get into that interview, I want to talk a little bit about my progression and why I decided to interview Miracle Messages. Now, it all started out with a generosity experiment. If you guys haven't had a chance to listen to that, um, the previous eight episodes or six episodes, you can go back through and, and listen to what the generosity experiment is. But when I first started out with the generosity experiment, my goal was to be as generous as I could because I wanted to create a new habit of generosity instead of the um, saying no and making excuses as to why giving was not the best and smartest way to act in a given situation. In the beginning of the generosity experiment, it wasn't about giving the smartest way. It wasn't about giving the smartest thing or the most efficient way or the thing that was the actual best in that scenario. It was about creating a new habit. This was about me in creating a new habit of generosity. And I found myself a lot of the times in whether it was in my head or conversations with other people that knew what I was doing, the conversation would often go like this. Are you sure that's the most efficient way to give? Are you sure that you're not just enabling that person to give them to give in that way? Are you being generous enough or are you being too generous? So there was all of these questions about what the right thing to do was. And what I noticed that being right about how to give or how to be generous was getting in the way of the right answer. It was getting in the way of my destination, of where I wanted to end up as, as a more generous person. Being right often led to not acting at all, or sometimes it, act, it, it prompted me to act in ways that weren't maybe in my best interest. And so I had to get used to the fact that being right and actually finding the right answer were two very different thing. I think a lot of times we are so focused on ourselves and we are so that makes us so focused on wanting to make sure that we're right or we do the right thing in a given in a given scenario. Often it's because of the judgment that we might get from other people or even a lot of times and what it was most for me is the judgment that we cast upon ourselves about the way we act and the, what we do and the way we act and whether we do the right thing or not in a given situation has says so much about who we are or at least we think it does. And I think a lot of times we are con so concerned about being right that we actually never arrive at the right answer. I often looked at it as being right was a straight path towards our destination, the right answer. We wanted that path to be straight and we want everything to be the most efficient, smartest, and effective way of giving. And if we can't go straight on that path to get directly to the right answer, we tend to not step on the path at all. And what I found to be true is the path towards the right answer, towards being more generous, towards fulfilling, getting fulfillment from the full benefit of generosity and gift giving and charity was it was quite the opposite of a straight 
path. It was a long, meandering, curvy path full of lots of lessons and all, lots of experiences. And I realized that what happens most of the time is that because we are so concerned about ourselves and how we appear to other people, that we let being right about what action to take be in front of the right answer. And so then we never actually get to the right answer. And what I realized is that in order to get to the place that we want to get to, in order to actually exercise generosity and have it be part of the habits that we want to create and to make up who we are, the right answer has to be first, not being right. What I mean by that is the right answer is we are willing and able to help. And in order to be able to get eyes that can see the right at what is being right in a given scenario, we have to have the habit of generosity first. We have to be clear on our destination point. And in this generosity experiment, one of the first things I noticed was homeless people. And you get all of the right answers versus wrong answers that go through everyone's head when they decide that they're going to give to the person holding the sign on the side of the street. First thing we do is we think to ourselves, what's going to go on with this money? Am I enabling? Am I just contributing to an addiction? Am I just contributing to a bad habit? Or am I, or am I approving of they're not getting a job? Or whatever it, excuses that we want to put in our, in our head about being right in that scenario. Oftentimes, being right got in the way of just giving anyway, and it got in the way of being finding the right answer. So during this generosity experiment, I decided that I was going to actually pursue the right answer first and foremost, and then I would allow being right to present itself. And what I realized is the more I was concerned about the right answer, I started out doing things that were probably not the most efficient and effective and smartest ways to give. But what I realized is the more I did that, it grew my empathy. It grew my compassion for these people. And I started to see them as people rather than a, a vehicle to, gratif to be able to have, um, to gratify my pride of being generous and whatever else. And I was able to start seeing them as people. And the more that I became outward and seeing them as people, the more I was able to see what the actual needs that they had that needed to be fulfilled. And it was an amazing experience. And so the, the, the reason why I am interviewing today Miracle Messages is because they provide not only being right, but also they have a mission to find the right answer. And one, one of the things that I felt that I was able to come to when I met Miracle Message and, and started participating with them is that it gave me the opportunity to be right now. And, but it, that was an understanding, the being right was an understanding that I had come to. It was a journey that I had been able to come to because of the fact of just acting in the first place in pursuit of the right answer. Miracle messages are short video messages from homeless people to their long lost loved ones delivered by volunteers. To date, 
Their global network of volunteer messengers have delivered over 20 miracle messages, resulting in 11 reunions. Their work has been featured in over 150 different media outlets, including People, CBS, NPR, and New York Magazine. Their mission is to mobilize the internet to reunite the world, helping 1% of the 100 million homeless people on the earth reconnect with their loved ones by 2021. Without any further explanation, here is my interview with Miracle Messages. some of these uh, stories and, and kind of what you guys are doing with um, this miracle messages. If you could just give me a little bit of background about what it is that you guys do with the miracle messages. So essentially miracle messages, um, they're short videos sent from homeless individuals um, to their long lost loved ones, family, friends, um, whoever they're looking for. Um, they're delivered by a global network of volunteers uh, via social media um, so essentially, we go to the outreach events. We take uh, videos of the homeless who who are wanting to uh, have our service done, um, and we help them reconnect with their loved ones. Okay, that's that's neat. So, how did this whole thing get started? What what sparked the this idea for this? It's kind of a unique way to solve a problem, and. Uh, Interested? What what is it that got got this whole thing started? Yeah, so our uh, CEO and founder uh, Kevin Adler, uh, he's out in San Francisco, um, and uh, I believe it was November of 2014. Um, he was taking a walk down uh, Market Street uh, out in San Francisco, um, and he asked every homeless person that he met if they would like to record a holiday message to their loved one, um, and that's when he met um, a man named Jeffrey. Um, he recorded the video to his sister which he then quickly posted on Facebook. Um, and then with one hour, Jeffrey's sister was tagging this post. And his sister actually lived in Pennsylvania. They were in San Francisco. Um, so within, I think it was about a few weeks, they raised um, lots of money by his hometown um, and then to get him home to his sister to visit. Um, and they were able to get a uh, phone reconnection and a um, in-person reconnection. Oh, that's neat. So, so they were able yeah. to actually reunite this, this guy that, that he'd met just walking around in, in yes. November. Yes. And they were, I think they were, they were able to reunite uh, via phone, which is just as powerful as uh, seeing them in person, because if they haven't spoken for years, it can really do, it can really change, uh, change their lives. Yeah. I've, I've watched some of the videos that you guys have on your, your Facebook page and your website. And some of these, these stories are really, really quite stunning to me. And, and some of them are, like really emotional and have you what would have been some of the connections that you guys have made if you could kind of walk me through and uh you know maybe one that you've been personally involved with and kind of kind of how those work yeah for sure so i um i actually started one of our many chapters uh the one in philadelphia um we had our first outreach event and 
there was a man named Jason. Um, I'm sorry, his name was Daniel. And he was looking for his son. His son was named Jason. And at first he was very, he was very shy, didn't want to take a video, didn't want his video being out there. Um, but I was talking to him, and after about 15 minutes, he wanted to take a video. So we went into a quiet area, we took his video, um, and before I even um, shared it with the Miracle Messages team, I put it up on my Facebook just to get some, uh, get his video out there. And within, I believe it was like three, four hours, his song was tagged in it. Um, so we, the next day, I met up with his son, Jason, and we were in the city of Philadelphia searching for about four hours, uh, myself and Jason. We had another team member um, in nearby Camden, New Jersey, which is right over the bridge, um, searching for his father. Um, and within four or five hours, we, reconnect, we, we reconnected them. And to see Jason running down the hill to his father and giving them a hug, crying, they haven't seen each other in two years. Um, it was just, it was something that the video was emotion was, was very, very emotional, but to see that in person, it was just, it was something else. I bet. I bet. And do you guys follow these stories like after they make connection or how, did, is there any kind of like ongoing, like touch base or is it just something you do on your own or how, how did, does, does yeah, so any the, of that going on? So it really depends on the chapter. Um, chapter means city, so depending on the city and how they work, and also case by case. So for this instance, for the Daniel and Jason case, I've been in contact with Jason and everything's been going well. Um, it really depends on the person and if they want to be still in contact. So yeah, it really depends on the case. Right, I'm sure you've come across a lot of different family for dynamics sure. and, and things where people are have different relationships and all sorts of stuff. Yes. All right. So, um, does this, so you, you make a lot of these connections. Do you know how many connections are made like through like nationwide? Like how, how many homeless people are put in contact with their loved ones or their family? Yeah, it's about, um, I, want to, it, it, I know it's, it's, we have like a hundreds, we have hundreds. Um, I believe, I, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head. Um, but it, it, it's a lot, and it's more to come as we're growing so quickly from city to city, country to country. Uh, we just get, like, dozens and dozens of emails into our um, website a day wanting to start a chapter in their city. So really, every day is just, every day is a new, is a new, uh, a new day. It's just, yeah. So, so there's a big demand for this, huh? Very big demand, and it's something that we're growing, we're getting more team members on board because we're growing so quickly. Right. So why, what, what do you attribute that to? What, what is the reason for all of the excitement and growth? Like, what is it so, that makes this so something work? I, yeah, yeah. So something I put to that is there's hundreds and thousands of shelters. There's hundreds and thousands of, um, of people giving clothes, anything they need. And I'm not putting them down at all because that's fantastic, but there's really nothing like miracle messages. There's nothing that, really reconnects them with their loved ones. Cause that, at the end of the day, that's, that's, that's us as a society. That's our goal is to get them off the streets. Cause no one really wants to see a homeless person begging next to their car for money. That's just not something you want to see when you're driving. So to get them off the streets is the, is the end result that we all want. And there's nothing like that. And our names getting out there. So people are wanting to help and volunteer. 
Right. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a very unique, um, solution to a problem that seems to be something that everybody's aware of. And, you know, I think, I think with the problem, the, you know, it's just increased. It seems like it increases year over year, the amount of homelessness that there mm-hmm. is. What is it like? What is it that prevents people from what are the misconceptions that we have? Like as a public, as, as society, what do we have about homeless people? I'm sure you, as you come in contact with people and you learn stories, you can kind of, you probably start to see a little bit of the separation between what the general public view is and, and, you know, how a lot of those, what are some of the biggest uh, myths or misconceptions that we have? Yeah. So, I mean, something that I've run into a lot um, is people have a lot of pride they have a lot of pride, uh, the homeless individuals, they have a lot of pride and they don't want to share with their family that they need help. They want to do it on their own, but in reality, they really can't because they don't have the necessary resources to do so. Um, a lot of the uh, misconceptions that the public views of them is they all view them as, or most of them view them as drug addicts, alcoholics, when in reality, they might have not been before, but on the streets, they have nothing to do. They have, they have no money, so that's what they lead to do. And by getting them off the streets, it'll bring them back to their lives before and therefore not being a drug addict or an alcoholic. I see. So most of them, you would say most of the ones you come in contact with don't, they, they get there from, for reasons other than what the misconception is. They get there for reasons of being, you know, having pride that they don't want to, you know, they're embarrassed or whatever from letting people know that could help them. And so they end up being homeless, but then obviously when you don't have the basic necessities, you sometimes tend to go towards these other addictions that, you know, that people see. Exactly. And it's, yes, there are drug addicts and there are alcoholics that do become ho- that, that become homeless, but the misconception that I see a lot is people think all of them are and they're generalizing and that's not the case. It's more of, they need our help, so let's be there for them. Rather than giving them $5, let's take five minutes out of our day and taking them a video that hopefully will get them home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's such a, it's, it's different, though, because I think sometimes we, there's a lot of people that want to help. They, they want to do something. And, you know, I think money is kind of the lowest common denominator. You know, we always, everybody needs money. And so they get money, but, but that doesn't always, always prove to be the most generous thing that we can actually do for them. Exactly. No, um, something that I'd always thought of ever since I've, uh, joined the Miracle Messages team is when you give a homeless person a blanket, yes, that's fantastic. That'll keep them warm at night, but you're essentially encouraging them to stay on the streets. By giving them a blanket, you're telling them that, hey, it's okay that you're on the street. But in reality, it's really not okay that you're on the street. And I want to help you. So, yes, give them that blanket, but as well take a video or talk to them, make them feel like a human being again, and try to get them to where they want to go. So, yes, giving them money, giving them uh, shelter, food, whatever is fantastic, but there's an extra step that we need to start taking, and that's miracle messages. So you you mentioned that you had somebody that was a little bit hesitant to take a video. Is that that a pretty common thing to do? Like, are are they resistant to wanting to put themselves out there as a homeless person and, you know, looking for help or, or what is the main reason for that resistance of not wanting to put themselves out there on, 
on social media with the video. Yeah, so that's something that really shocked me when I first started taking videos um, was how many people do not want to take a video um, for many reasons, whether that be for pride, um, whether that be they don't have anyone that they could go to, they don't think that their family members, their loved ones, their friends would want them. There's 10 million different reasons why they won't take a video, um, but it's how to convince them to take that video, whether or not they have someone out there for them. That's mm-hmm. There's always someone for somebody. Everyone's someone, somebody, whether they know it or not. That's something that our founder, Kevin, um, that's his tagline. Everyone is someone, somebody. And that's something that I've always said ever since he told me that. Because it's true. Everyone is someone, somebody. Yeah, and I, I think when you look at it in those terms, it, it takes them away from being a group of, homeless people and it takes and it puts them into being a person who is has wants needs and desires and goals and aspirations and rather than just a homeless person that needs to be helped (laughs) exactly yeah yeah so um has this given you guys any i mean I'm, i'm sure it probably has but is there any specific perspective that's a worldview that's changed because of your experience with the this this project? Now, do you mean worldview? Do you mean personally, or just every? Uh, yeah, the, just the as you view general. people, you know, as you view people that have, you know, as, as you go throughout your day. Obviously, you, you I, I, you know, I'm assuming you see homeless people differently, but, but in general, you know, has it has it helped you? Has it shaped your view of the way, you know, just your worldview of people and and how we we work together and function? Like has it has it changed any part of that for you in the way that that you operate? No, yeah, for sure. So I mean, it really it really has changed my view of that. Like just seeing the way people react in different situations, mostly regarding the homeless population, where they might see a homeless person and react a certain way. Oh, that person is a bum, this or that. When in reality, they're not. They they have some story that you don't know. They have a story. And that's something that we need to figure out. Um, ever since I've been doing uh, social media for Miracle Messages, I've noticed the outpour of support from so many people thanking us, um, telling us how good of a job we're doing, people who want to volunteer. That Honestly, ever since I joined Miracle Messages, I didn't really know the, how, how big the homeless uh, situation was. And it's huge. It's beyond words. Um, so that's it really changed my mind on, on the world. and it's people because at least there's millions of homeless individuals that I didn't know before. And it's just insane to think about. Right. Right. And and I think it's easy to put that out of, you know, it's out of mind, out of sight. You don't live in a place where there's not a lot of them. You don't really think about it that much. And, and, um, and it's definitely a problem that should be solved. But I, I love the way, you know, you guys talk about getting to know stories rather than just helping the symptoms, you know, you're, getting to know the people and, and helping them actually with real solutions. I, I really, I think that's such an empowering way to put, to, to help these people um, that probably are in a place that feel very powerless and very, um, you know, helpless when in reality they're not, all they really need is a, you know, maybe a ladder for <laughs> about a lack of a better term. Yeah, exactly. Know. And it's, it's, it's amazing to see, 
some homeless individuals that live on the streets and not in shelters. And the reason they don't go to shelters is because they don't want their stuff getting stolen because then they won't get that stuff back because they don't have money to go go out and get that again. And it's just sad to think that if they're in a cold place like in Philadelphia right now where it's freezing cold and they're just sitting at a train station and it's they're bundled up, not in the shelter where they could be warm because of the overpopulation of shelters and, and stuff like that. So now here's my other thing. You, you've had a lot of um, opportunities. So, so you just basically are like how you would um, find someone. You just kind of walking down the street or driving your car down the street. You see somebody, you'd go find this place to park, run over to them and, and introduce yourself and, and ask them for a video. Is that kind of how it works? So not really. We kind of try to steer away from kind of that. So the way it works is each chapter um, is is kind of given a set of rules to begin to set to initially set up their chapter. One of the main components is to partner with at least one um, outreach um, partner, so shelter, food uh, food bank, anything like that. Um, and there they would um, either be a partner, so that's where they would get their homeless individuals. Um, we don't really. So, so essentially, they take a video. Um, we have a we have an app where they fill out the um, homeless individuals' information, and then the uh, person they're sending it to's information. Um, and then after that, they take the video. It gets sent to us. We obtain that video. Then we have our um, lead detectives, where they go on white pages, Facebook, they scour the internet all over looking for something, a phone number, email address, some kind of contact where we can get in contact with those individuals they're looking for. Um, and if, if all else fails, then that's when we post their video. So we don't post their video initially, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of videos that we take that the public will never see because we have our own detectives, our own volunteer lead detectives that are doing work behind the scenes locating the loved ones. Mm-hmm. And then how do you get back in touch with them? Because obviously they're homeless. They don't have a For sure. phone, you know, they don't have a house to go to. What do you, how do you get back in contact with them? For sure. So it really, it really varies case by case. So if they're staying at a shelter, um, if they're consistently staying at that shelter, then we go there. We, that's where we contact them. In some cases, the homeless individuals will have a phone. So that's how we contact them. And in some cases, like the one that I had in Philadelphia, he told us where he might be. He wasn't there, so we just had a, we looked for five hours, and we we eventually found him. So it really mm-hmm. depends on the case. It really depends on the situation. Right. I, I, yeah, I would imagine that you probably have a whole gamut of possibilities when you're yeah, dealing sure. with people that live in a house with a with for sure you know, everyone with a phone number. And, um. So you said that your your main driver is volunteers that's how that's how this is, thing has spread and you've been able to to contact people how how can people get involved like what what is the process to get involved and to actually be able to be of service in this way so uh, we have a website it's miraclemessages.org um, on there there's all of our information um, and how to get involved so you simply click the get involved page um, that brings you to um, a form, um, and it says big. It says miracles begin with hello. So you fill out all your information, um, and then you, it, you fill out what you're interested in. So if you're a volunteer, you would, you would uh, choose that. Um, if you want to donate, media coverage, partners, anything like that, 
And then for volunteering uh, specifically, um, there's three different types of um, uh, areas that uh, if you're interested, you can choose from. So those are physically recording the uh, messages in your area. So that's a volunteer messenger. Um, locating and or reaching out to the loved ones, which is, like I said, the volunteer detectives. Um, or it's joining or helping to start a local chapter of Miracle Messages. So you can do all three, but those are the three areas that volunteers are always needed because we can take an endless amount of volunteers. The more we have, the more loved ones go home. Right, right. That's amazing. So is there anything new you guys have on the horizon for, for Miracle Messages? Yeah, so there's there's so many things that we're constantly thinking about and doing every single day. Um, from starting different chapters, uh, I think we're in about four countries right now, um, to getting in every single city of the U.S. to every single city of the country. That's something we're trying to do. Um, there are so many things that are up and coming for 2017 um, that I'm very excited for, and I think that this is just the beginning of Miracle Messages, and... There's an endless amount of opportunity to come. Yeah, that's exciting. That's an exciting thing to be a part of and to actually be a part of, of a real tangible change that actually affects people down at their root rather than, you know, I, I just, I commend you guys. I, I just feel like this is such a, um awesome way to solve such a big problem and it's solving it in a way that can really give people lasting change. So, I commend you for that, and I really appreciate your time today for jumping on here and sharing that with us and and kind of helping us understand how we can be more involved and how we can get started on our own, um, you know, service and, and generosity in this way. I, I really appreciate your time, Brad. Yeah, thank you so much, Jason. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Empowered Life Podcast. Feeling inspired and want more of Jason? Be sure to visit jasonlinford.com or come say hi on Facebook at Coach Jason.